Well, aloha and welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Tuesday, January 12th. And I just got to say, Happy New Year. My name is Jaron and I lead the youth community here at Bridgetown Church. So for today's daily, seriously, I could spend hours pointing out and studying the biblical command and theme to remember God, which God calls his people to do quite often, both in the Old and New Testaments. And I could also spend a ton of time with you all discussing and learning about the dangers of forgetting God, that theme, which God's people often did in the Old and even in the New Testaments, which generally concluded with dire consequences and sin. But I obviously don't have the time. So for now, I want to bring to your attention that to remember and to forget the goodness and works of God are themes latent in the entire story of God. I mean, some of the many key scriptures that I'm going to point out to you include Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 2, where it says, remember how the Lord God led you out of the wilderness. Or Deuteronomy 8, 10, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands. Or in the writings of the scriptures, Psalm 42, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan. Or in the New Testament, Luke 17, the Last Supper, in which Jesus is offering us the Eucharist, the thanksgiving of God through his body and his blood. Or in the very last book of our Bible, Revelation 3, verse 3, remember therefore what you have received and heard. These are just some key scriptures that point to the theme of remembering and forgetting God's goodness and his works. Very important. And I hope when you continue to read a Bible or read the scriptures in a year, you'll be able to see some of those themes at play. And even in the Jewish culture in which our scriptures emerge, still embodies corporate acts of remembering through their annual feasts and festivals. There's a quote here, Jewish festivals originating in antiquity and history are observed in Israel intensively and in many ways. They are manifested in traditional and even now non-traditional customs and practice. This is really important. And they leave their imprint on diverse aspects of Israel's national life. The Jewish festivals are the landmarks by which Israelis mark the passing of the year. They are very much a part of daily life on the street, in the school system, in the synagogues and homes around the entire country. Isn't that so cool to think that these Jewish feasts and festivals have literally fused remembrance and even gratitude into the very life and reoccurring habits of an entire people. So while, you know, for us in Portland or for wherever you are in the Western church, where we come from, we come from a religious tradition that doesn't often incorporate festivals and feasts as corporate remembrance, but we do practice and celebrate the Eucharist. The Eucharist or the Lord's Supper or communion, which we do every week with our Bridgetown communities, the Eucharist means thanksgiving, literally. And thanksgiving and gratitude follow upon the recognition and remembrance of what Jesus did for us to literally quote our Savior's instructions, do this in remembrance of me. Again, I hope you're seeing that I'm just trying to drive the point home that the act of remembrance and gratitude are crucial to the life of God's people from the Old Testament all the way to a North Portland dinner table with bread and wine, the act of remembrance and gratitude for the people of God. So in light of that, I wanna talk about how we can live out the command to remember through the practice of gratitude. 
But before going any further into the practical dimensions of gratitude, I want to say primarily out of personal experience and through many moments of commiserating with friends that honestly, it is generally really hard to focus on goodness and seeing life as a gift, especially this past year and even heading into the new year in 2021. I mean, literally just a week ago, I was in one of the most beautiful places in the world that I get to call home. And I was on a telehealth call with my therapist as the sun was rising and I was looking at it from the east side of Hawaii Kai. And I'm on this telehealth call with my therapist and I'm lamenting that I felt, (laughs) that I felt so sad about feeling sad, even after being in the presence of my family and my home culture in Hawaii. And his response, I'll have to paraphrase the wisdom, but he told me this basically, your time of rest won't be miserable unless you compare it to something else get off of social media (laughs) without getting too into the weeds of our current culture and its anti-discipleship environment. Let's just say that the practice and experience of being grateful in God's presence is quickly becoming a lost art due to many factors. And honestly, social media and the envy and comparison that bleeds out of it is one of the primary struggles that I personally have um, just struggled with. And I feel like it's something that pushes against the act of gratitude because it always leaves me with thinking about what I don't have. You know, Freud once noted that we understand the anatomy of things best if we look at them when they are broken. And bearing this in mind, I think it's helpful for us to witness what life looks like with the absence of remembering, with the absence of gratitude, with the absence of thankfulness. I mean, we can see it in our own lives. Surely we see the effects of it in the story of the scriptures and even the world that we find ourselves in currently. We can see quite clearly that a person breaks down without gratitude or thankfulness. So once more, I will say the act of remembrance and gratitude are crucial to the life of God's people from the Old Testament all the way to you and to me here in 2021. So, really quickly, the act of gratitude is a practice of acknowledging the goodness of what occurs in your daily life. It is also an action that practically reinforces our dignity as people made in the image of God. It's the option to choose goodness. This is a key truth that I am continually working to experience on an everyday basis. God has given you and me the capacity and dignity as image bearers to choose to recognize, to participate, and also to celebrate the goodness and the truth of God's word in daily life. And as the elders of our faith would remind us, gratitude, like all virtues, is experienced through intentional practice over time in our daily life. Ever hear they're saying, count your blessings? Before it ever became a tumbler or pinches fab, it held a deep set truth about the Christian contemplative life. We must take the time and attention to literally count our blessings every day. Gratitude and feeling grateful, I'm sorry to report, is not achieved by waiting for a divine emotional bomb dropped from heaven or expecting God to just make you grateful someday. I believe the scripture gives us a different view of how God interacts with our daily transformation into his image. This is in the words of Father Rollheiser. He says this, the first exercise we must do to restore our contemplative faculty to its full power is to work at receiving everything. Life, 
health, the people around us, love, friendship, food, drink, sexuality, beauty, receiving that all as gift. This is really key, what he says next. Becoming a more grateful person is the first and the most important step in overcoming the practical atheism that besets our everyday lives. And he goes on to explain how gratitude and even miracles are connected. To have a sense of God's presence in everyday life, we don't need the kind of miracles that drastically change ordinary reality and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a supernatural world beyond our natural world. No, we need a deeper sense that God is already present and acting in the seemingly ordinary events of our lives. When we find a penny on the street, we need to feel that God is blessing us and then we are mystics. That's what he says. And I remember actually John Mark even saying in passing once that becoming a mystic is to know experientially what is true about us theologically. So what if the practice of remembering and gratitude is the very thing that ushers us to experience reality in such a way that we embrace the little miracles of our everyday lives. What if the Christian life is more than a consistent longing and petitioning to experience drastic change to your ordinary reality? Like what if the Christian life also includes working to remain attentive to the presence and goodness of God right where you are, as you are with the people you're around? One of my favorite role models when it comes to practicing gratitude like this is my friend and coworker Christian. You know, as you get to know this guy, you'll quickly come to find that he strategically surrounds his life and environment with tangible reminders of Jesus's goodness towards him. My favorite thing about all the many visual reminders of gratitude that he has is this binder that he has full of Polaroid photos he's taken of people who are invested in his life and whom his life is connected to. I mean, such a brilliant and simple way to remain aware of God's goodness and faithfulness to him through the cherished people in his life. And I also kind of feel like a VIP because I made it in the binder. So thanks, Christian. But Church Ohana, what if I told you that this photo binder full of his relational interconnectedness is one of his greatest weapons against the world, the flesh, and the devil? The encouragement I want to offer us is the invitation and even inspiration to be creative in your chosen activity or practice of gratitude. Whether you're more of a journal writer and letter saver like me, like I have a gratitude journal that I regularly write down at least one thing that I'm deeply grateful to God for. Uh, And my Bible case currently is filled with a ton of cards and letters that people have written to me that I've just deeply cherished their words. They've hold a prophetic sense in my life. Or if you're a more visual and design sensitive person like Christian with his binder full of Polaroids that I am sure are worth way more to him than money can buy. All that to say, my hope is that you would take an inventory of how God wired you and incorporate a touch point of gratitude to your daily rhythm. Ronald Rollheiser defines contemplation as living in such a way that God can enter into our lives. And I believe that to live the command to remember and choose gratitude is to live in such a way where God can enter into our daily lives. It's not hard. And on that note, my prayer and hope for us is to collaborate with Holy Spirit and our community to live out a DIY gratitude practice that we will enjoy repeating in our daily lives as we follow Jesus together. 
to end, the Greek writer Nikos Konzakis, nice name, once wrote, when I was a child, I become one with the sky, the insects, the sea, the wind, whatever I saw or touched, shutting my eyes contentedly. I used to hold out my palms and wait. God always came as long as I remained a child. And may we fight for childlike wonder through the practice of gratitude and experience life and Jesus's love for us as a gift. And when we bow to the goodness of God in our daily lives through gratitude, may we come to find that we feel freer when we bend low and taller when we bow in the words of Roheiser. So to end this daily, I'm going to read this poem to us by Rumi and it comes from the love poems from God. If God said, Rumi, pay homage to everything that has helped you enter my arms. There would not be one experience of my life, not one thought, not one feeling, not any act I would not bow to. So in Jesus' name, may we bow to the practice of gratitude and experience God in our daily lives. Amen. <laughs>